for this. What is nothing? Yeah, that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? That's deep, bro. questions with silly people i'm your host christina p and uh i can't hear oh there we go i can hear my beautiful voice in this microphone now (laughs) i hope you're well i hope your week is starting off great it's a tuesday this drops but um i record this in uh in a different time and space it's actually a few days before and i i just played tennis for the first time in like a year and a half and I feel great. I feel like a, a human being again. I'm slowly resurrecting like a phoenix from the ashes of pregnancy and early motherhood. I'm finally entering the land of the living, um, doing things like exercising and seeing people and having guests on the show, which I haven't had in a while just because it's been super hard to schedule. But um, my guest today is Eleanor Kerrigan. Uh, I think she's one of the funniest people at the comedy store. I see her all the time and I, uh, I just thought I would um, invite her over and uh, have a talk. Cause I, I really, I love, I love Eleanor Kerrigan. She's super funny. And, um, but we're going to talk about a super funny, un, I mean, super unfunny topic of depression, which I think uh, comedians know more than most people. That's not true. That's not true. Actually, no, I think that everyone's depressed. I just think the comedians um, talk about it more because we overshare. It's part of the job. And um, because we're in bars, generally we work in places that are kind of low frequency, meaning alcohol, nighttime, um, drugs around. A lot of, lot of bad things can happen to you in a comedy club if you're not, you know, you don't have your head on, right, basically. A lot of, lot of occupational hazards. <laughs> so also, um, we spend a lot of time alone. Comedians being on the road, you spend a lot of time by yourself during the day in various hotels in cities that you normally wouldn't go to or wouldn't want to be in. So I think that's why we tend to get depressed more. And then we don't, uh, we don't like feelings, which is why we joke and we don't share feelings. And then we end up, uh, you know, blowing our brains out. <laughs> Uh, But before that, come see me at the Comedy Store in La Jolla, May 27th and May 28th. Um, Follow me on Twitter at Christina P. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silence. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. I'm feeling feeling good. I exercise for the first time in a million years. So why don't we... uh, I like to... Let's do a little, uh, a little bossa nova. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, I like this one. This one's silly. I, I love, you know me. You know I love bossa nova. You know Christina's in a good mood when she opens with uh, a little Sergio Mendez. 
I don't even know if I'm saying it. I'm saying it the way I would think it is. Men- Mendes. And the Brazil 66. Brazil. Brazil. Ay, mas que nada. But this isn't mas que nada. It's a different song. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Kerrigan. Hi. Oh, we started. Oh, yeah, shoot. we started. See, I just keep talking. No, you're it's good. All the sugar. <laughs> I, I absolutely love you. I've seen you at the comedy store for a long, long time, and I've been wanting to like befriend you and know you more. And I'm so excited Please. that you're here. And first oh. of all, where can people find you? Um, where can they find me? Oh, that's laxative voices. Uh, so I'm uh, find me on Facebook, mm-hmm. Eleanor Kerrigan. I have Facebook, Twitter. Okay. What's, What's your Twitter handle? Same thing. I think it's Eleanor, Eleanor Kerrigan or EJ Kerrigan. Kerrigan. I grew up in a typewriter store, so I apologize <laughs> in advance for not knowing any of this. My niece just screamed at me about not being on Snapchat. Oh, that's the worst. I, yeah, I, I and just then made my not. face into a taco. So oh. I don't know if that's the new thing. It's horrible. Uh, but you guys are weird. It's I'll all horrible. Say that. Yeah. And you're doing some shows. I'm in uh, New Jersey, uh, June 10th and 11th at Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club in Point Pleasant. Okay. June 10th and 11th, yeah. June 10th and 11th. So if you're in the area, come out come, and see. Come, Jersey, come. Oh, my God. It's so much fun. I mean, Point Pleasant is like hoity-toy-ish mm. area. I mean... Like, because I'm a hood rat. I grew up in South Philly. When we would vacation, we would vacation in Wildwood, and we would just stay at my aunt's house. And like I told you, I'm one of ten, and my Aunt Joy had ten kids, too. So, so that's a tribe, basically. It's crazy. It's it should have been illegal. Like, it's horrible. So many of us. And we would vacation with them. So that's 20 kids. Oh, my God. Four parents. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know how they did it. Your mother had, so your mother had ten Children, yeah, she's Why? in my prayers. Um, uh, because Catholics are boring and they don't <laughs> believe in any of the fun stuff like birth control, pulling out, abortion. Right. Um, <laughs> they have all these rules. <laughs> so no, but back then it was a big deal. You know what I mean? Like big yeah. families were a big thing. And my mom's seventy-eight years old. You oh know, my! I'm God. at the bottom of the litter. I'm number eight. Oh, so. So did you, I mean, you're at the bottom. So you, you're basically taking care of the people that are younger than you. Well, and, I only have two younger than me. And uh, I have six brothers and three sisters. And did they raise you pretty well, much? Well, pretty much. That's what happened. Yeah. And then my dad tagged out because he's a good guy. And, uh, <laughs> Shit. But it wasn't like he left like I never saw him. He moved like a couple blocks away. I'd see him. I'd be like, hey, dad, it's number eight. Are you serious? <laughs> eight. Yeah. No, we... we um, 
My mom, my dad owned a typewriter store. Don't get excited, guys. I'm very wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, my trust fund's coming soon. Oh, yeah. I think it's a Underwood. I'm not sure. We'll see. <laughs> you young people can Google that. Um, so, yeah, so he had a typewriter store a couple blocks from where we grew up. And um, we had to work for him every day after school. So from fourth grade all the way to 12th grade, I had to work. It was almost like a prison sentence, to be honest. And it was like he left, so he didn't want to deal with us. So what he'll do is he'll pay us next to nothing. (laughs) Like, you could call it an allowance or whatever, but, like, I remember being in high school, and he'd give me $10 a week. And I'm like, I will stab you. (laughs) But he's a big Marine, so I did it. Oh, he's a Marine. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. that's, so Marine, was he away? At, like, no, was he, he on active? Sorry, I'm not. He fought in Korea, and then his dad got real sick. So he came home. His, uh, he has two older, bro- two older brothers. And he came home to help out and get situated with the typewriter store. Because it was kind of mm-hmm. lucrative back then. Back then, and, uh, that is how people... I, I had a word processor in high school, and I thought that was like the. I remember of... a word processor coming in to the typewriter <laughs> coming store, in. and Uh-oh. my dad being like, "What the hell is this shit, girl?" <laughs> That's the other thing. He never calls us by our names. Yeah, we're boy or girl. Yeah, of course. So how could he remember you? Uh, exactly. I've at least graduated to California girl, so he knows I'm not there anymore. <laughs> but he, yeah, it was boy or girl. So everything, everything was very military. It was. You know, he he would leave us in the typewriter store. Me and my brother Billy were Irish twins, you know, born in the same year. Oh, is that what they call that? <laughs> yeah. oh, so it was bang, bang, like your mom. Oh, yeah. The stitches didn't heal. Yeah, not at all. Like, like oh, I God. do a joke about that. I'm like, lady, you <sighs> need to sit down, cross your legs, take a minute, calm down. I couldn't even yeah, imagine. All 10 were only 15 years apart from <laughs> eldest to youngest. And there's a three-year gap in between Johnny and uh, Charlie. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Who and does that? I can't, I can't even. I'm, I have one, and I'm struggling, and it's horrible. I, I can't believe you have one, and I'm so proud of It's too of hard. You. Oh, <laughs> no, it's good. So, wait. So, Eleanor, um, you have quite an interesting story in comedy. Some say interesting. Others say sad. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, in comedy. Yeah, comedy. In life and in comedy, your, your world's, is, I don't know. You, you should well, explain it, it. In comedy, though, it is weird. It is, it is interesting slash sad because I worked as a waitress at the comedy store for 12 years. I also was Mitzi. I was her personal assistant for like five or six of those years. Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't even know that bit. It's, I didn't know that. It was insane. And so For those who don't know, Mitzi Shore is the owner of the comedy store. Yes. And she um Polly Shore's mother. If you don't like Polly Shore, here's why. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, like she's great, but she's hard. Like oh like in business, you know, the women get a little bit like, oh, she's a bitch, you know, because yeah. she's tough. Yeah. But she kind of sometimes would go out of her way. Like the if it's if it was a man, you'd be like, he's a dick. You know, it's the yeah. same thing. Yeah. Like sometimes she would go out of her. But other times she was so good to me because I, I didn't want to be a comic. So I don't want anything from her so she could trust me. And um, she wanted me to help her write a book. And I was like, oh, I could barely read. I went to Catholic school in South Philly. <laughs> Nobody, I, I didn't go a lot. I played hooky. <laughs> I think one year I had 65 days absent. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, horrible, terrible child. Um, but I would hide everything from my mom. 
it was easier back then to hide shit. And that's how you should. I feel like today children are too trusting. Or, or, there's no, no, it's there's no trusting. penalties. Everything goes email to the parents right oh, away. You're, so, you're screwed. Oh, I uh, see. Yeah, my, my nephew, if he doesn't do his homework, it comes on my sister-in-law's wow. thing. She's like, ballet. And I'm like, oh, oh. And I thought we were just because lying know, is. A, I was a, trying to teach him how to play hooky. Yeah, like a good hand. Like it, yeah. <laughs> well, because lying, I think, is a really important part of teenagehood Absolutely. and of. Tr- you have to learn how to lie to your parents to do things. Yeah, the um, fun things. Did you yeah. grow up out here? I did. I grew up in the San Fernando Valley. I'm so and sorry. Did I? But I, I was fucking terrible. It was terrible. But, but that's did you played hooky from school. Normal. Absolutely. Stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But what they do is they'd call home, and I knew what time they'd call, yeah. and it was like a right around dinner time. So you knew just to pick up the phone and well, make sure you got the call. The beauty of uh, coming from a tribe is the tribe. Uh, <laughs> one, my dad had a typewriter store, so my mom had to get a real job and. Um, <laughs> feed us that's crazy so she worked all day holy fuck she worked for the philadelphia navy shipyard and uh she was a secretary and moved up rather quickly because she, she had 10 kids to feed and a kook who was uh, mm. having an affair with a, you know some other woman and not paying any child support nothing Jesus. not a thing but she's that irish i don't know if you know that irish i'll do it myself the martyr i'll take care of it I'll do it all by myself. So there would be like weeks where we had no electricity, hmm. no lights, no uh, heat. That was awful. Uh, the lights were bad because I remember getting dressed for a funeral and lights. A good friend hmm. of mine got killed and I went to the funeral and realized I had a pink shirt on and I was like, shit, <laughs> You know, because <laughs> my friend Cindy was like, what are you wearing? And I'm like, what? And I looked and it was like a predominantly black but it had like pink spots on it oh and God. i was like oh eleanor like honestly. you need your own podcast eleanor you gotta yeah, tell these to learn how to um download i think <laughs> I, you're, you're doing uh, seriously because it sounds like you have so much stuff in your past that like oh is yeah gold it's, it's because i could afford therapy so everybody's getting it now <laughs> it's great listen but, up guys <laughs> but it's great because there's somebody listening that this will um resonate with in, in any way well yeah because i think i meet a lot of people like me that grow up with crazies and uh bizarre catholic families and I mean, met that stubborn Irish that my mom is that I love because she's also not that cold Irish. I don't, what nationality are you? And we're Hungarian. We're Eastern Bloc, so we're so that's very pretty cold. strong too. Yeah, yeah, you guys get cold too. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And but my dad's side more like that where they, you know, if I hugged my dad, his arms would be at his side like, <laughs> what the hell is this girl? Like, horrible. But my mom wasn't like that. My mom was a cuddler Aww. and she'll nurture you. You know, she was good. My grandma was like that. My grandma was. Uh, my mom's mom was orphaned at oh like my God. 12. Hey, my mother was orphaned at 12. Yeah, so, oh, so isn't that, that does weird? something to you. That, that I think there's there's no healing. Sorry, I don't mean to be rude. I'm trying to close this so that it doesn't interfere with our sound. Oh. Um, um, but th- did, did your mom like, uh, because like my grandma was like, I just want a family that's close and knows everybody. Like Aww. she had a terrible kind of upbringing. Yeah. And it was because they were mostly immigrants from Ireland and they would just, you know, just start drinking, there's, not be able to survive, not be able to figure it out. Well, yeah, and there's so much trauma of being an immigrant. I think that it takes a few generations before the trauma 
of coming to this country, being poor, learning languages or whatever you're doing. Absolutely. And then, and then it comes out. So it's, it's, so it's a lot. You have a lot in your background. So, so, but you go to the comedy store. So something in oh, you gravitated towards... Oh, no, it didn't. <laughs> um, this is what happened. I moved here from South Philadelphia, a student of Temple University, where Bill Cosby went. And uh, no, I did not get raped by him, but I tried. <laughs> and uh, I, was, uh, I dropped out. I was a theater major sitting in a, a Shakespeare class in a fila suit. Amazing. Nice. My ponytail pulled nice and tight in case I got into a fight on the train home. Nice. And so, uh, like, I was just in, you know, this is what I wanted, to be a serious Meryl Streep type actress. I could cry on cue. My mom called me Jezebel from the day I was born. (laughs) Like, I just, what was the other lady? She called me Dorothy somebody. I forget because I could just get caught in a lie and bring tears that would bring the house down and my brothers loved it because I could get them out of anything so I was like I'm gonna be Meryl Streep (laughs) and I moved to LA in January of 93 and I couldn't find a job anywhere anywhere but I lived in the right behind the comedy store in the hills Mm -hmm. and I I was like oh what's this place because it's pitch black no one, it's so depressing. It's terrifying during the day. Yeah. It's vampirish. Yeah. During the day, you're like, is this a, what is that? Comedy clubs, bars, movie yeah, theaters. Have. If you ever see them in the light of day, it's, it's, it's so disgusting. I worked in a bar for, for a, a while too. And I just remember at daytime, like the smell of oh, the, yeah. the, carpets, the condiments, the, the carpet. Yeah. You, if you fucking saw what the, the orange slices go into uh, in the day or the maraschino cherries, I never eat, put them in drinks or eat them because they're filthy. Yeah. If someone dirt bags hands, the waitress's hands are in it all night. I tell people never get, never eat garnishes. Never, ever, ever. It's so disgusting. And I, and I mean, there are a lot of girls that are waitresses. I, I can only, speak for cocktail waitresses because we did it at yeah. the store yeah. where um, Mitzi used to give us the picks. We had the picks, so you had to do it yeah. with the picks. She <laughs> didn't want your hands in it because yeah. she kind of had that phobia as well with smart. the touching. So we went through a, a lot of years where we didn't have the money, so <laughs> there were some times where those picks weren't there. I don't know if they're still there anymore. But it, we always had the picks. and That's smart. So even with the olives, she said it was disgusting because the other thing that would happen was your hands. Yeah. Like from the waitress, from the cherry juice, the lemon juice, all that shit. Oh, God. You don't want that. And so I like using the picks. So if you go to a place and they have the picks, you're like, oh, okay, not bad. That's that's a step up (laughs) from your disgusting hands. I mean, they may not uh, clean that dish that they put it in. Fuck no. (laughs) Or cups. I just remember when I worked in a bar. Yeah, Yeah, the glasses. They just like, they just rinse them in filthy water and then towel them off. Uh, My recommendation to you is if you're not at like a top place, Mm, wine is even gross. Maybe cold, chilled wine, like a white wine I would order. Why, why chill? What makes it? Cleans the glass out? Uh, it doesn't clean the glass out. No, a beer a beer in the bottle. That's obviously like oh, the yeah. safest. Like pretend you're in Mexico, basically, Always. when you go to a bar. Yeah. <laughs> Mexico has taken over the United States anyway. So That's true. Just constantly think you're in Mexico. Just think you're always going to get diarrhea from whatever you're <laughs> drinking. Uh, so so you, you're you at the, the store. And so I, I remember I went during the day. I had, My roommate and I, my old roommate, we walked all over L.A. Because this is the other part. I grew up on the East Coast in South Philly where you could take a bus or a train to Boston for $8. So I never had a license. 
I was 21 years old. A lot of people don't from the East Coast. Yeah, a lot, was, there's no reason to drive. 21 years yeah. old, walking around LA like, what the heck? Yeah. Is it no, it's me. I'm, uh, I'm making sure that this oh. is recording. I have recorded guests before, and, and then nothing. the recording. Yeah, just so you know. That's why I'm, I'm like a little distracted. Please don't take it. No, I'm not. Offended. I just feel bad. Do you need to check it? Or? No, no, we're good. So okay. so you're, you're so, walking around. So walking around, and uh, I forget why my roommate left maybe because he uh found a job so we stopped helping each other i forget who found the job first me or him but i said let me try this place because it was walking distance from where i live perfect so i was like god if i get the job then you know i don't have to worry about not having a license because i'm a loser and cars are whizzing by me as i'm like (laughs) of course damn it it." (laughs) of course so i went in and i was like is this a real place like it was so scary and then i hear all this laughing in the office in the little office in the back because it's a delivery entrance so i went in that door and um they're laughing and goofing and i walk i was like hi are you guys hiring they're like come on in and I'm like, oh, hey. And it was this waitress named Debbie, manager named Rod, and the talent coordinator at the time named Scott Day. And uh, I say his whole name because I love him. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't remember the other people's names. But he, uh, so he, they were like, yeah, we're hiring, yeah. Mitzi will be in later this afternoon. The, and, of course, the talent coordinator was like, you know what? She really likes tall girls. So you should wear heels. So I don't have real high heels. I don't do that. You know what I mean? But uh, I had like a cute little wedge heel thing that I was wearing at the time. Because <laughs> I'm 5'8". You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you're already And I'm very in South tall. Philly. I'm yeah. like Godzilla. You yeah. understand? Yeah. I was eating soup off my prom date's head. Like <laughs> you can't. I, it, I felt like a goon in yeah. heels. So I only had a little. But I wore it anyway. And thank God I didn't come in with like kiss boots on because <laughs> Mitzi is tiny and hates tall girls. They were messing with oh, me. Oh, so shit, I am birds. literally leaning over her Aww. and going, yeah. And she's like, where are you from? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, Philadelphia. Oh, what? <laughs> like just looking up at me with this like distant look like a, and hatred. But thank God she was into Philadelphia because of Dom Irera. <gasps> Whom I love, Dom One of my best friends in the world. Oh, he's the best, dude. He's and so I got funny. hired because of that. And she oh, was like, good. okay, but lose the shoes. <laughs> that's, <laughs> but that's why me and Scott became good friends, because I was like, he was messing with me. Yeah, he right. Was. And that's a real friend from And that's the beginning. what the comedy store does. Yeah. And they always did. Even if you were a phone guy, they would mess with you and tell you all odd hours to come in and you'd stand there like a dick, like, where is everybody? And just, they did it every time. Yes. Make sure you put this on your resume. It helps out. You know, you're, it's a comedy club. You're supposed to mess with them. Yeah. I think, I mean, the store is uh, one, it used to really have a darker reputation, I think, because if the former booker oh uh, yeah, yeah gone now it's odd that you use the word darker <laughs> he was so anti that <laughs> but there was like you would a, think it would be like a bright light that no went away. oh my god it was it had a, a very dark uh, energy to it and, and but the tides have turned and there's a new um the, i feel this guy, guilty Adam. for that energy Why? because the thing i was waiting tables there and when i got that job in 93 uh i had only been there maybe four months four or five months at this point and I'm putting up signs I'll cover all shifts and 
of course, I'm from, you know, an idiot. I spelled shifts wrong and put shits or something. <laughs> so every comic took that note and called me. Uh, and these were house phone days, nine three. So they were calling right. all, hey, you want to cover my shit? I need you to cover my shit tonight. Every comic would call from Dick. the comedy store phone because I put a stupid sign up on the billboard. I mean, round the clock. And then they call and hit on me. I really think you're cute. You know, I'm like, mother. Always. Uh, and so I, so I like literally um, four or five months in, a bunch of waitresses came in early. They got carnies, which is close to the hot dog, the little hot dog mm-hmm. place. And Mitzi came in, and she was like, "What does that smell?" Oh God! And I'm putting my, you know, ch- changing my clothes because I had to walk. I had this at this point moved, and had to walk from Martell and Sunset to the store because I still oh, okay. didn't have a license. Oh my God! So I'm a whopping 108, 110 pounds at that point. <laughs> Oh my god! I think it's stick figure. It's gross, but I, all I did was walk everywhere. So I was walking. I I was like changing my clothes so I can not smell like a foot. And um, I hear her say that, and I'm like, I don't want to make eye contact with that lady. I'll lose my job. And she went up into the manager's office and had them fire all those waitresses that were eating carnies. <gasps> so wow. I became low man on the top man on the totem pole. Immediately, because she fired everybody. Oh my But that's gosh. how bizarre she could be, firing people for eating carnies. Yeah, I I know what you're saying. That that is kind of a show business. It's it's thing. a wacky. Yeah, we are like know I'm not sure. Call it psychotic thing. Yeah, no, I know. I've worked for people like that where you're like, what what's it going to be like today? Yeah, and it was packed that night, and right. I, I'm. Barely, I mean, I knew my stuff. You know, it's waiting tables, not brain surgery. But it's like, still, you know, you go from having a section to four sections. Oh, my God. So now I'm like a chicken without, you know, freaking out. And then I moved up quick. And then she made me like head waitress. I don't know why. I don't know why she liked me. I don't really feel it. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> don't question it. When when people like that like you, she just She used to roll, buy me weird roll. gifts for Christmas. Like, she <laughs> bought me a robe one time. And then the weirder part was, she was like, this is for Flo. And the manager was like, who's Flo? And he's, he, that one. And he goes, that's Eleanor. Eleanor. <laughs> and I had been there for like five years at that point, three or five years. And I was like, what the hell, Flo? And then I remembered that <laughs> stupid waitressing movie. Remember the show? Mel's Mel Diner. Diner I love that show. And I was like, is that what I look like I know, look like Kiss My Grid. <laughs> she was the best one, though. But Flo was the most beloved of, of all so of them. So every manager. Alice. The show is called yes, Alice. That's yeah. right. Every they manager wrote me down as Flo. Oh, how funny. And I was pissed. I was like, God damn. But I always like loved being funny. My whole family's funny. My brothers are crazy. Well, I imagine you'd have to be too to get any kind of attention. Oh, exactly. But to come here and have people mess with you, I was like, this is amazing. (laughs) It's like home. They hate me too. This is great. (laughs) Except for Mitzi. She liked me and she would buy me bathrobes. I still have it. It's very strange. What she she would give me some of her old jewelry. I have ridiculous old Mitzi jewelry. It's whatever. So. But the thing is, is, she would fire people like that constantly. Mm. And one day, me and this manager, Rob, she had fired phone guys for not answering the phone properly, like a bunch of them. So we didn't have anybody. And here in walked Tommy. And I was like, we got to hire him. And, they're like, and Rob's like, I didn't even talk to him yet. I'm like, I don't give a shit. We need a body. Yeah. So I don't even think he filled out an application. <laughs> we just sent him upstairs. So for those of you listening, Tommy, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Tommy is the the um, 
he was should we say, the, the Voldemort of the comedy <laughs> store for many nice. years and the gatekeeper. And essentially, you know, hey, I, I wasn't really there for those years. And I think part of it being because that man was the gatekeeper and he had a lot of arbitrary, seemingly arbitrary rules and, you know, he, weird things. It got and, in him because let me tell you, when yeah. he first started, he was the nicest guy. I mean, maybe uh, we didn't know that other side of him because he would just play his guitar, smoke weed, right. and answer the phone properly. And if Mitzi t- called, he'd talk to her. And sometimes she'd call with outlandish things and um, say, cra- you know, because she was kind of starting her be- uh, beginning stages of dementia. And so she would fall asleep to the news and wake up with a bizarre story. Oh. And Tommy would calm her down. So they became tight that way because we were running the club. But he was calming her down on right, the phone. Right. And then Duncan Trussell was the town coordinator. How funny is that? Sorry about that, Duncan. That was our fault again there. Because <laughs> before him was Princess Corey. And Corey was married to Freddie Soto, who was my best friend. Mm. Freddie was my best friend. And uh, oh. Corey was his wife, was the town coordinator at the comedy store. But before she was the town coordinator, she was a bartender out front with big boobs so she used to make a ton of money and then Freddie would just sit creepily at the corner of the bar calling her peekaboo because her nipples were out (laughs) I was like what are you doing you're supposed to be on stage he's like peekaboo and I'm like ew (laughs) it's so creepy but then he wound up marrying her but Mitzi loved her too because she had no interest in that and so she moved up quick and Mitzi put her upstairs as the town coordinator because she was sweet and calming you know what was her name again Corey. Corey Soto is her right. We call her Princess Corey. Because I don't know if I was trying to get into the... I, I, she I, replaced I, Scott Day. Scott okay. Day was there for seven or eight years. I was by no means ready to do the comedy store. Probably, I probably got in there at the right what time. time. Did you, when did you start? Uh, what, 13 years ago? Oh, okay. Think, whatever that is. That, yeah. What is that now? 2000? I'm nine. So wow. I'm up, I can't believe I'm at nine already. February was nine for me. But don't you feel like hanging out um, kind of you're absorbing comedy as you're waiting tables. Well, like, like you saw the worst and the best. Oh yeah, you and saw it all. It's so like you a know. college. Yeah, you know that I obviously couldn't pass. Oh. <laughs> Stayed for twelve years, uh, but it was great money, and I could do plays. And there was a time where I was a wrestler for a while. Oh, but you're, Mitzi used no. to freak out, and you know she was like, "Are you going to quit?" And I was like, "No." But there was like Friday nights where I would. I went through this intense training, and sometimes I would show up at Mitzi's house in the morning, (laughs) and I'd have black eyes. Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. what happened? Did he hit you? (laughs) No, nobody hit me. I I took this job as a wrestler, because I thought that would help me get closer to Meryl Streep, and uh, (laughs) I was Easy Rider from WOW Women of Wrestling in 2000. What? You can Google it. It's good times. I think we will. That's really crazy. There's so many. It's uh, real though, right? Yeah. Joe Rogan used to come. Joe Rogan Shut and up. his now wife, they would come. Jessica Hilarious. Rabbit. And they would come and cheer me on. And his favorite was, because uh, <laughs> uh, I would talk trash. You know what I mean? And like, so that's why they hired me. Obviously, not my physique. You know what I mean? And they put me, they made me a part of this biker gang. So we were called Harley's Angels. So ridiculous. You know you're killing it in show business when you have an audition <laughs> in a, uh, a hotel lobby. <laughs> so great. And you bring a baseball bat to the audition. It's so great. 
And the only reason I went to the audition is because Joe Rogan and I were in the kitchen. Well, a lot of the comics, but I remember Joe specifically because we were coming up with stupid characters. And I was like, I'm not going to go to this audition. This isn't a real audition. They were like, you should go. You should go. <laughs> and I, I have baseball bats in my car because I'm a hood rat. And so I, ha- I came in the kitchen with a baseball bat. And I was like, how do you hear that? You know, I'm just doing <laughs> what I learned when I was a kid. And Joe was like, you have to do that. You have to do that. <laughs> and so I did it. And they hired me. Oh, my God. I thought God. I was going to get arrested. And they hired me. But isn't, isn't that how it is when you kind of go into stuff just yeah. not giving a shit? And they're like, oh, you're yeah. amazing. When you don't want it, you know what? It. It's going to come chasing Ugh. you. So, but we, okay, so let's shift gears for a minute, though. Cause I'm I, sorry. No, I love I knowing Babylon. you. People need to know. That should be the name of my podcast, <laughs> Babylon. <laughs> That's a great, do what you've got to do. I think you've got a lot um, to say. To Babylon. But I think. Um, uh, we kind of wanted to talk about depression. That's a I oh shoot yeah that's yeah, right. yeah but yeah, no yeah. I love your it's good for people to get to know you a little bit before we get into the meat and, and bones of it. But um, I get a lot of emails from people and they're always like I'm depressed I have anxiety I'm depressed and um I, I talk about it a lot on this show because I I think it's one of those topics that. People don't really talk about in mainstream culture. Kind of, but they don't. It's but like, they don't it's kind really. of grazed over. Yeah. yeah. Because people, I think, are embarrassed. And I'm going to say, yeah. I, I know for sure I was embarrassed my mm-hmm. whole life of it. And I know I, I had it as a kid. I, and this is terrible. Like when I, but when I was, I, we had a dog, naturally. Her name was Fluffy because they let the baby name her. And that was me. So fluffy is what she looked like and that's what she got so we had her for 18 years she was a poodle uh, sheep mix poodle sheep mix best dog ever poodles are smart yeah because none of us were going to raise her so and my dad left so she was screwed and she didn't have food a lot of times because neither did we so she taught herself to go out the front door and she became friends with the dog up the street and the guy would feed her Right. My favorite story ever. My mom was going to get the bus for work. And as she was going to get the bus, she saw the guy who was feeding her dog because she couldn't afford to. And the guy goes, oh, don't worry. She don't bite because Fluffy kept going to my mom like, hey, that's my owner. (laughs) (laughs) And my mom just goes, oh, that's all right. And she just walked by like didn't just completely didn't act like she knew who Fluffy oh was. Oh, my God. She was so embarrassed. And then Fluffy knew more people in the neighborhood than me. And one time walking to school, that guy said, hey, there's Fluffy's sister. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, no. I'm Jimmy's sister, Johnny's sister, Karen's sister. Not uh-uh. the dog. I am not. I can't be, do it. You are not putting me in the canine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. my God. So I used to like lay under the kitchen table. And it, we grew up in a row home, so it's tiny. And so we were all over each other. There weren't, there wasn't anywhere for privacy. Mm. You know, we did have a bathroom door. I remember it, but somehow somebody ripped it down. So there was no privacy. I have taken showers while my brothers were like shaving or shitting or whatever. And it's fine. Like I'm used to it. And I'd see my brother Jimmy peek in and I'm like, really? And (laughs) (laughs) he's like, I'll give you a piece of gum. I'm like, that's, I think that's a problem. Uh, That's weird. And he's like, come on. And he'd be on the toilet. And I'm like, I look like you. I have no boobs. (laughs) I'm same. I'm nothing. And so like, but it was always like a goof. Like it wasn't creepy. Like he wouldn't really look at me i feel like i just out of my brother no i think that's but, normal isn't it to have yeah to be good sibling yeah and, and mess stuff. with people and, yeah. and flush the toilet and make the water you know yeah. 
burning hot for a second. Of course. So, but my thing is, so I would lay under the table with Fluffy and just cry on her and be like, you're the only one that understands me. And my mom would be like, get up, Jezebel. You know, just because we don't have time for that. Yeah. Like when, like nowadays, like I have two nieces that I believe have it. Same, you know. Now, when you say, I mean, do you do you believe it's like clinical depression? Because there's, I, oh, absolutely, there's a spectrum. I mean, what I'm talking about, like, there's the clinical stuff where you probably need to be medicated, and and that's different than like just waking up every now and then and being like, meh, I'm not doing it. You know, like uh, I have a 13 year old niece that comes home from school on Friday, puts her pajamas on, and does not go outside until Monday again. It sounds like my weekend. Is that well? <laughs> It sounds like an amazing weekend as an adult, but right, when you're right. 13... Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's not good. Yeah. No. That's not good. And she don't... Talk, I mean, I I can see it in her. I, I feel it. I'm like, whoa. And my the other one is 23, and she's been through everything. Eating disorders, cutting, oh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, because it's, it's in us, but those guys have uh, privacy. So they had time to, like, really envelop it, oh, whereas... Right, yeah. I was kicked like, get up, stop crying, too bad, get off the cross, <laughs> get right. your shit together. Right, but then, because that's my family too, which is a lot of like, oh, what, what is wrong? What are you crying about? You don't have a problem. <laughs> you don't uh, know what problems are. Exactly. And I, I heard a lot of that. And that's so, true. God, it is. It is and it isn't. Because the problem is when people are constantly telling you you don't have a problem and you're young and you're 13 and you're yeah, goth so. and oh, heavy. Um, you don't have, and, and you're constantly invalidated, it fucks with you so much harder. Because then you grow up to be somebody who thinks that they aren't entitled to feelings and you can't say oh. shit. And that's when you. Is that was happening to me? <laughs> no, but you're right. And yeah, now that I think scary. of it, like I, like I try to explain to my nieces that, like, that you really should talk to somebody. Don't, yeah. don't feel like this is wrong or bad mm-hmm. or. Uh, you know, because like uh, everything was a shame, shame when you were a kid. For oh, me, at a least, shame, for huge. Sure. That shame. my my family. That's how we told each other we loved each other. Was to shame the shit out of the other yeah. person for having feelings, for having anything. whatever. Yeah, everything was nobody else gets it. Just us. Just shut it. Shut the door. <laughs> my grandma and my mom like a common thing when they were kids was getting lice. And, uh, you know, my grandma would shut all the windows and close the drapes. Oh, oh I thought you meant um, to shame the other person. No, you, you, that yeah, too. Yeah, we did that. That too. Like but I'm saying, like, this is another form of it. <laughs> right. Like, it, it should be ashamed of having anything, anything wrong. normal yeah. happen to you. Right. They took it as abnormal. You know right, what I mean? Like, right. they, uh, I mean, my grandma would close up the house. My, and then my mom, that's what she was taught. So she would do the same thing with us. I mean, we didn't get lice because i don't know somewhere in there we have like black hair and it's nappy and so nothing gets in there and um none of us ever had lice (laughs) until they marry somebody with finer hair they we're we're good so that was one thing my mom didn't have to worry about but i was a bedwetter all my life and i kind of think it's because my brother tommy would put us to sleep and he would be our babysitter and he would act out alice cooper's welcome to my nightmare (laughs) With the makeup and everything, yeah, and probably. So, yeah, you wet the bed till you're 18. You're like, what's wrong with Eleanor? Um, well, <laughs> she's terrified. Um, but I did. Is that so, true? Did you really wet the bed until you're 18? Are you joking or being no, serious? No, I'm being serious. And I, I'll tell you who, 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 who taught me it was okay to say it. Who? Sarah Silverman. Oh, that's right, because she wrote. She uh, had a book called Bedwetter. Yes, yes. And she said some other lady wrote a book that was that made her inspired. Like I, my family was like, oh. 
you know. And my brother Charlie was a bedwetter, and sometimes they make a sheriff's bed. We almost drowned, the two of us. It's a sin. But why do they... In a bunk bed. <laughs> but what's the reasoning for... Isn't that some kind of response to... Like, are you having an emotional response to I something, know. I think, bedwetting? I, we, 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 when I was... Because it was still happening when I was 18, that... 17 or 18, I forget. My mom took me to a doctor. Now, you got to understand, we couldn't afford things. Like, even the braces, I went to a school, and we still had to pay, but it was like... N- like a not even uh, close yeah, to like, what like it a dental is. school yeah. to have them. So like when you're in a dental school and they got a that thing called a window. I don't know if you remember that. If you have <laughs> yeah. bad teeth, they used to put that raincoat in there to hold your mouth open. Oh it was yeah, like that plastic. Uh, yes, I had. They that called too. it a raincoat, and I'd be like, Ugh, I hated the smell, everything. And then you'd hear, "Oops!" And I'm like, "No, no, not oops, <laughs> hacker." You know, and I have a big thing. You couldn't argue. It was just all eyes yelling. <laughs> But, yeah, so we didn't go to real doctors. But then when my mom's job started, like, kicking in and she started getting uh, insurance for us, then it was, okay, we got to find out why this kid's still biting the bed. This is bad. Yeah. So nobody even thought emotional. They were like, there's physically something Right, because God forbid. Well, and a lot of times parents don't want to uh, get their kids treated because... It's a it's a reflection on them in right. their minds as being a failure as a parent. You yeah. Know, well, like, my mom says she's not depressed, but very depressed and extremely negative and always. Your mother? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she had fucking ten kids. But wait no a minute. Husband. One of the greatest people Jesus in the world Christ. will do anything for you. Like even as a kid, there's ten of us. We have the dog her sister gave her. You know, like she couldn't afford the damn dog. She took the dog. She felt bad for the dog. And then my brother Jimmy's best friend got kicked out of his house, so he lived with us. My sister Kathleen was uh, working at a daycare center, and she got attached to this little girl whose parents got killed on the same day. It was awful. So she lived with us for a year. She was black and white. So now we're in an all-white neighborhood right outside the projects, and my mom's sitting there rocking a little black girl, and the neighbors would walk by and be like, now they're coming out black? Like, <laughs> what's happening in there? Like, just crazy, whatever, and a very racially tension area I grew up in, and yeah. we had a little black girl living with us. She looked like Diana Ross, absolutely gorgeous, by the way. But she lived with us for a year and a half until the grandparents figured out what to do with, like, because both her parents were killed on the same day. Oh, oh my so God. it was insane. Like, my mom would take everybody in. But that doesn't sound... I mean, it's admirable. It really is. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, but mom, why couldn't you just take care of us? Like, did she you did. ever feel that? I'm saying, too, oh, no. Because like, oh. it was like, oh, we have to help people. My mom's thing was, if you're able, you can help other people as well wow. as yourself. But she was depressed, you said, for but, it. But depressed, no. I'm saying, like, she has depression. She just ignores it. Ignored it. Oh, I see So she just walks. Oh, uh, uh, that's nothing. I, I Whatever. Just go to work. You have to go to yes, work. You have right. to get up. We're not getting food stamps. We're able. We're we never had food stands. We had nothing like that. And the whole neighborhood had it. But my mom wouldn't have it because she was like, no, I can work. My hands work. My feet work. I can walk. I can get a job. Mm-hmm. I can do whatever. I know how to type. I'm going to do this. And she did. She refused to take handouts. But if somebody needed help, she'd help them right away. Wow. But then, like, n- and as a kid, I always, like, looked up to her. I was like, whoa, she's like a hero, right? There was a guy, one of my brother's friends was in jail for a while, and his parents stopped taking his phone calls, so my mom did. So for years, our phone was tapped. And I was like, Mom, I can hear the guy. Why do you talk to him? Eleanor, somebody has to talk to him. No one's there to listen to him. <laughs> so 
tapped and I'm trying to have phone sex right. in the 80s with a cord. <laughs> but your mom, but she but was depressed and then meaning like yeah. she was like negative like oh, oh that's like worst. that's not possible. Like if you had big dreams uh like she wanted to be an actress and my grandma told her, "Oh, you have to be beautiful for that. So just deal with what you can deal with." You mm. know what I mean? Like, no. But my mom has this kind of negative and she gets down a lot, but she fights through it. So I believed watching her that I could fight through it. I don't need medicine or I don't need somebody to talk to. If she can do it, she don't want to get out of bed either. But she forces herself to. And I mean, nobody has a better relationship with their bed than my mom yeah. all her life. My mom, we, we used to joke about, like, she said, I'm going to go up and change my shirt after work. And she'd go to bed. <laughs> like, but like a nap, not bed for the night. Right. Like a nap. Because right. she was, like, exhausted. And I'm saying this was when we were in our teens and able to, you know, I mean... Uh, 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 at eight or nine, I was nine. I was already smoking. I was already running the streets, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, nine today is like twenty-five. Uh, right, right. That's right. how soft these kids are. Right. It is awful today. I mean, I meet a nine-year-old. I'm like, what? Still in diapers? What are you doing? Like, yeah, I agree. Toughen that cap I was a little. Thirteen, bit. and I was smoking and running the streets and like in yeah. goth clubs, and I had a fake ID. And oh I yeah, was my Car- my sister Karen's ID. <laughs> I was thirteen. Yeah, but I think now that's definitely it's not. I mean, they call it child services on your folks if you're if you let your kid walk to the park. Absolutely. Now it's, it's sickening. It's a different fucking world. Yeah, but I mean, and then, but that world is real. Like that has to happen. I mean, I remember. Yeah. When we were, when I was a kid, I'm 44, so mid 80s, we'd be at the playground, and there was a uh, a guy going through the neighborhood, like get, snatching kids up in in a van. But he must have been in a different neighborhood, like a nicer neighborhood <laughs> at first. So then, when we heard he was in ours, we took it in our own hands. Good. I mean, we were like crazy people. I love it that we'd see vans and throw rocks at it. They'd be like a, a soccer mom rolling the window down. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're not real smart, but we were going after. It. Yeah. How many kids are in that car? They're mine. <laughs> but then, okay, so you grew up. It just sounds like you had no privacy. You had no, no, no. There wasn't internal and you weren't allowed the space to even have it sounds like an emotional world of your own whereas my upbringing total opposite i was an only child and i was hiding from my parents all the time i i just hated being around them so i was always hiding in my room or reading or you know trying to get the fuck out of the house so it's a kind of different. It's interesting how you but do and you, I... But are you um, close with your parents now? Or? No. I mean, my dad, um, oh. as much as I can be, like, he's pretty Eastern blocky. Like, he's from Hungary. He's a total hardcore but immigrant. See, that's a, maybe they're because they were immigrants. And my mom was... My grandma wasn't an immigrant. She was born here. Her parents were. Oh, boy. Yeah. So it was their... Upper, like, we're the change. You know what I mean? Like yes. you're saying, we're the transitional like, generation, yes. and so you're yes. like Paul Mooney. I don't know if you know who I Paul love Mooney. Paul Mooney, one of my favorite people in the world. But uh, we, we, he was at the comedy store almost every night, and there was a time where my little sister was dating a black guy, and my mom kind of, my mom's down for whatever, but she. All of a sudden, she was like, it's a different lifestyle. You don't understand. <laughs> you're, you're, things are going to happen to you guys that you don't understand. And I know you're in love, but, you know, this is going to be bad. You know, um, 
like look at what happened to Chrissy's parents. That was a little black and white girl. Oh. Live with a, look at this, look at that. And it was true. What she was saying was true. And what she was saying, she really experienced. And a lot of interracial couples definitely went through that. But you can't take some, you can't help who you fall in love with. Yeah. And so for a while, she wasn't talking to my sister. And that never happened in my family. We didn't do that. We could fight, fist fight, come home, black eyes, knives sticking out of each other. But we were sitting on the couch at the end of the day. Yeah. Right there, you know, in that house or in the bunk beds. I shared a room with my brother. There were seven of us in one room. I, sh- I stayed with my brothers because I didn't know I was a girl. I didn't know it was happening. I <laughs> thought I was a boy <laughs> for a long time. I wanted to be a boy. I still want to be a boy. Me too. I think I have what these kids call the gender. Yeah. I'm non-binary. That's that why. <laughs> listen, I was a kid and my best friend was this gay guy, Robert. He, God love him because he's transitioning right now. Uh-oh. And he was two or three years younger than me. And he knew he was gay out the gate. And I loved him because he was funny. He wanted to be a girl and I wanted to be a guy. So we were a match made in heaven. Yeah. And we went everywhere together. We robbed the churches together. We did <laughs> terrible, terrible things together. And we had so much fun. And my little brother Bobby and Edie used to hang out with them too because they loved, he was fun. Like Bobby did a, uh, built a haunted house in our alleyway. Mm-hmm. And um, they, the, Robert, we had Robert work the door to get the money, basically. So it was 10 cents to get down the alley. He collected every dime from every part. <laughs> I was like, yes. But like he knew he was get, he knew everything. And so we used to have those conversations about that. I used to believe that I didn't stay in my mom long enough so that thing didn't pop out. Because that's the only difference. I thought like a man. I, I do, thought I was a I boy. I agree with you. I, I grew up... Uh, my mother hated, I think, a lot of things feminine and soft because she had to grow up hard. Like she grew oh, up hard see, too. See, my mom did. <laughs> oh, yeah. My mom didn't. Uh, my, so femininity wasn't really something celebrated. And then I oh. was raised with my dad as an only. He's a single parent, so like I was raised kind of as a little boy. Like we ate off paper plates, and I, if I wanted a bike, I got like a dirt bike, not a pink, you know, frilly, girly thing. Because my dad just didn't know any better. And I think I that do. I just relate to dudes more. And you and I are in a dude Definitely. I'm a, industry. Yeah. I like you said earlier. Yeah. I'm a woman and I was like, I keep forgetting that. <laughs> and I do, I honestly do. Yeah. And I, I'll sit in a uh, even as a kid, I'd sit and I'd talk trash with my brothers and like an older gentleman would come in and they'd be like, There's a lady yeah. in here and they'd be like, No. Try it. But not in an offensive no, way. No, just because I, I get I get shocked sometimes too when men are like, Oh, I'm sorry and then they see you and you're like, What are you uh, what are you talking about? Like <laughs> Right? See, and that's normal to me too. Because yeah, 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 yeah. you and oh, I are sure. very on stage and you know, very um we inhabit a masculine yeah. energy yeah. and we say the things that dudes say, and to some people, it's still considered like, "Whoa, you know, oh, yeah. uh, you're shocking. shocked," and you're like, "Why yeah, are like, you? I'm a fucking person. I'm not exactly just my tits, my ovaries, my baby. Like, if I'm I was just my thing. tits, I'd be a man, right? So, <laughs> right. judge me on my tits away. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. Anyway, I mean, it is kind of cool that this whole gender stuff is coming out now. I'm not not just. Um, I think it's a little too. It's too cray cray right now. Yeah. People are like, I'm astral gender. And you're like, what's that? I relate to the space and stars. And you're like, no, dude. Listen. You're an asshole. I believe in slaughtering. So, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, I get angry at stuff like that because they do make things up. I like, think so. I'm this, I'm that. Like, it's like... Pa- 
attention it's, seeking. It's attention, and it's like, oh, we're part of Sorry, a group. Sorry, I have to take this. Are Hold you okay? On. This motherfucker. No. Uh -oh. Hello. Call Alex right. and Karen, make them take an Uber. <laughs> okay, sorry. I had to pause. My very important Instacart uh, order is on its way, and I had to confirm which crackers I wanted. It's <laughs> <laughs> so white of you. It's so uh, white. I'll tell you, when you have a kid... It's a privilege to get crackers on cracker. Can I tell you? When you, yeah, when you have a baby, you don't want, I don't want to go grocery shopping, and I'd, I'd rather, you know... That's the greatest invention Jesus ever. Christ. Are you kidding? I can't, I can't deal. I hate, I hate... Anyway, we're talking about... Um, get that for my mom. This gender uh, stuff, and, and also, oh, I don't know, anyway, Eleanor. When I had paused, that we were discussing um, depression, and, and also how it's n people don't talk about it, and it, there's a lot of shame attached to it. But I think now they are talking about. Now it it's coming out a little. It's a little safer to it, be. The problem is now it's like you can talk about. It, now they're making things up. Like, oh, I'm in this group. I'm in that group. I got this. I'm, I'm diagnosed with that. I can't work. All right. Now we went too far. Yeah. We got to pull it back a little. Rain it in. Rain kids. it in. Yeah. But definitely talk about it. Like my, I think my 13-year-old niece should see somebody. I think so, too. It sounds like she's got the a 23-year-old went and talked problem. to somebody, and she's doing great. Yeah. I mean, she, when she was having her problems in high school you know, whatever. She, her parents let her go talk to somebody and it worked. You Have know? you ever been in therapy before? No, once, um, once uh, with my first ex-fiance and uh, <laughs> I don't know why I went and I am the worst person in therapy and I know I feel like Jay Moore, somebody used to do a joke about it, like him and his wife in therapy, and he's like, I told you, I told you. Like, that's, that's how I was acting. Oh, like it's a fight, yes. and like you're right. Like when the, when the therapist would side with you, you'd be like, I told you. I told, <laughs> and I felt that. I was sitting next to him thinking, am I right? Like, this is crazy. This is all his fault. Like, I couldn't even calm down in the therapy thing. Because my anger, my problem is I have anger bad. Mm. Bad, bad anger. And uh, I break things. I've, I've broken a ton of mirrors, which explains all the bad luck. Uh, I've put my hand through car windows. I've had, like, I don't even see. Uh, I was always fighting as a kid. Um, anybody would pick on somebody, I, I'd set me off. And I'd black out, and I'd come back, and I'd be in the back of a cop car like, shit. Like, dude, so you're still in it. Like, I feel like you're. No, I, I'm still working it out because the anger is a lot. Press it, yeah, turns to depression. Yes, that's what I have. So yeah, you mm -hmm. you start being like, I'll just sleep instead of open the door and go outside because the neighbor could walk by and look at you the wrong way and be like, mother. <laughs> or you get in the car in L.A. You drive mm -hmm. somewhere. Oh, Kill your whole family. Mm -hmm. You follow them home with the intention mm -hmm. of killing the whole family. That's dangerous. But a lot of people, I think when you get depressed, you're not conscious of the fact that it's repressed anger. Like, I don't, I don't know that I ever go like, I think oh. I feel like I read that somewhere. No, you're years right. Ago. No, oh, you're okay. right that it is. Like, that's what I've heard too. But I know like when you're in it, I'm saying like when you experience it, like, I don't think... I ever go, oh, shit, what am I really angry about that I'm not dealing with? Because you're right. That's exactly what depression is. It's the repression of some anger yeah, feelings. Kind of and, and then it gets so mashed down that all you can do is sleep. And like you said, do these oh, yeah. low-grade activities. And I, everyone's done it. Everyone, And I got to tell you, the one thing I've learned, though, because it's, 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 it's almost unavoidable, especially if you have trauma in your childhood or whatever, there's going to be dark days. 
Oh yeah, there's absolutely. dark spots in your even psyche without, in your it's, brain. It, it's uh, genetics. It's genetics, and and there's just going to be shitty days. Everyone will have. But one thing I've learned is that on those days, I don't make the phone calls. Yeah. I don't answer the emails. Sometimes I do take the day. You take the day. Yes, you take the day. Uh, You don't answer someone that's upset you. If someone pisses you off, I tend to go, I'm going to pause on that. I'm not going to, I'm not in this space. that's good. I I tend to answer. Don't answer. (laughs) Like if someone's pissing you, don't don't let it hook you when you're in it. Mm Because then now now you're making it worse, 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 worse. And then it's a chain reaction. And then it's, ah, now I've gotten fired or now I've Mm. picked a fight with my spouse. I didn't really need to do that. I should have just been like, dude, don't fuck with me today. Like... I'm in a bad place. Or let's go out. Let's go out. Let's go out and eat ice cream. Let's go. For, let's do something. Right. And now those days, I sometimes I channel my mom, and I uh, I say um, like I'll if I'm feeling real low, like I can't get out of bed. And some days I'm like, I better get up. I'm gonna get bed sores. Like <laughs> I've been here a while. <laughs> yeah. So I I get up, and I'll be like, just even if you don't go for a run, because I don't have kids, I don't have any responsibility. I don't even have a pet. Which because I'm I'm afraid I'll kill it or break it or something. You won't. No, because I'm wild. Like I'm, and I'm I I, I get angry and I break. Like my biggest fear of having kids is it like a kid pissing me off because that is a normal thing for a yes, parent. Yes, of course. You, you look at a kid, you oh a mother, bitch. of course. Yeah, I mean, my mom has looked at me like I will rip your head off, bitch. <laughs> like she and and my dad was a hitter, so yeah. I feel like I could. I would do that. Would I don't out. want to. Can I tell you something? It's funny you, you just say that because my mother was mentally ill, and for many many years, I didn't even I wasn't even conscious of this. I delayed having a child as long as possible because I think on some level I was afraid of becoming her. And I was afraid ah. that if I had a kid, that I would act out in the same ways that my mother did. My mom, my mom was a borderline and schizophrenic, so clearly I'm not any of those two. No, <laughs> but no. and I'm not her. And that and you have to remember, like I'm not my dad. I'm not my mom. I'm not the school yeah. teacher. I'm not the people that maybe inadvertently harmed me and formed yeah. the neuroses. They didn't even know they were doing it. They didn't they, know. Yeah. Didn't got, you know, I forgive they my They thought mother. it was normal yeah. because it was yeah. passed down. Yes. That's what I'm saying. We're the yeah. change yeah. in that, like, if I had a kid, eggs are probably dead now, but if I had a kid. <laughs> you never know, man. Go get it checked <laughs> out. Please. My you mom had a hysterectomy know. and could probably See? get pregnant. Um, she, you know, just, we're very fertile people, but... I don't. I just don't. I don't want kids personally. That's my own thing. Yeah. I don't want to pass this crazy gene down either. So I see my nieces struggle, and it breaks my heart because I know that we. My sisters passed that. My sister and my brother passed that down, but they didn't know they did that. They just fell in love and had kids yeah. like a normal person. But if I felt like I could be a lot more like my mom, even though she can be negative and sleeps a lot, um, she. Uh, I would have probably 10 kids like her but i have that crazy anger side on my dad's side right that's just brutal and it's mostly men and so your father was physically violent and and verbally i'm assuming abusive and and you feel like that's the that's what you yeah i got more of the physical 
Well, I guess I'm a verbally mean. No, I'm kidding. No, uh, no, 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 never. <laughs> no, no, no. But my, yeah, my dad's completely out of touch. Uh, you know, and he just he grew up with a guy who constantly beat him up. That mm. guy grew up with a guy who constantly. It was just yeah. passed down. And he was in the Marines. The gener- he was. Oh yeah, Marine. then he joined the Marines. Mm-hmm. Ready? So he can kill people mm-hmm. and not have to go to jail for it. Of course, that was his. No, but those are the people. 16. But those are the people that make the best Marines, and that's exactly. He's a scary man. But he that's is. wonderful that he knew that, yeah. and he did that as opposed. to, I mean, later he's killing he, people on the street. Yes. Yeah. Well, he also yeah. got uh, in trouble in high school selling guns, so oh. he thought, let me let me head over there. They give him <laughs> out. Uh, so that was good. And then and he's also born December seventh, and his sixth birthday was nineteen forty one, December seventh, mm. and that's when they bombed right, Pearl, Pearl Harbor, Harbor and yeah. it was canceled and he was pissed so him and his friends threw bricks through the chinese laundromat so they're smart too guys huh (laughs) amazing so then how do you so how do you deal with um with your anger and working out yeah that's like people are like whoa you work out a lot and i'm like i know you think it's because i'm obsessed with like what i look like and it isn't because i eat whatever the hell i want but my anger is so bad. Probably if I ate better, my mental health would be better. Uh, but I don't. I am a sugarholic. I am a. I cut it down a little bit because uh, two years ago I had borderline diabetes. Oof. So people are like, "You're too thin." You're to skinny have though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm constantly running or <laughs> freaking out or. <laughs> so you're but up. you're wound up and definitely sugar and caffeine probably don't help someone someone's constitution who yeah. is already. High, oh, strong, or angry. I, I do or, believe that all yeah. that has to do with it. Yeah. I mean, all that attributes. Yeah. But I, I'm an addict on top of it. So, I'll an addict? The, are you being like legit? You mean like, like I, I smoked a cigarette when I was nine? It took me a long time to quit. Yeah. I, I, I did so much Coke soda that I was getting um, sugar. Uh, but what did they call them? There was lumps in my throat. I thought it was cancer. I thought I was mm. dying. I was so happy. And uh, <laughs> so depressed. Is it over? Thanks. Um, and so I had like lumps, and that's what I had to go get tested. Oof. And they were from all the sugar, Oof. all the soda. Had I tried cocaine, I probably wouldn't be here today. Now, how'd you get through 12 years at the comedy store without at a, a comedy drug? store? My neighborhood in Philadelphia. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Uh, the comedy store is a cakewalk yeah. compared to what I grew up in. And uh, honestly, because I had friends that would, you know, I, I remember showing up to my best friend's house and they had it all over the tables. And I was like, what are you doing? There's kids in here. Well, part of me had a moral, like, Right, something. the wherewithal. Yeah. But I, I said this before you got here and I recorded the intro, is that everyone thinks that comedians are more depressed than most people. And I'm not sure that's true, but I think we... We, we just talk about it more. We talk about it more. We go into it more because it's interesting. And also we work essentially in the darkest place a person can be employed in, which are comedy clubs, which is what's their booze, depressed mm-hmm. people, low frequency yeah. Low grit, you know, low energy frequency, bad energy, yeah. um, drugs. And if you're prone to these things and you work as a comedian in these environments and you're on the road and you're depressed and you're in fucking Topeka for a week, yep. guess what? That's a perfect recipe. Who's ever hiring in Topeka will come out. Uh, as long <laughs> but, as you have iced tea. Oh my God. <laughs> that's my other addiction. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's, that's, yeah. But yeah, but depression and isolation, alienation, mm-hmm. uh, comics spend a lot of time alone too. That's another recipe yeah. for depression and disaster. 
Yeah, sure. When you're alone with your thoughts, that's what I'm saying yes. about these kids today. Like, like my nieces, they're uh, they have one sibling. We had nine. We right. Had, so you're sitting there feeling sorry for yourself. You're gonna get punched in the throat. Right. Quick. There's no time. So for it. they got you know you're in their space, and so these kids could sit in their room. Google whatever they need, look at a TV, just veg out and listen to their thoughts. And it's just lonely. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? If you have that gene and that's where you're at. You know what? I think I might. Like, I feel like, um, I mean, I my definitely sh- do. Yeah, I feel like my shrink tries to, like, whenever I say this to her, I'm like, dude, I think I'm just, I think my default setting is a bit depressive. Like, I just lean it's depressive. Yeah. Did you hear uh, Neil Brennan talking about uh, his depression? And he got something called TMS. What's that? And it's covered by insurance. What's and it TMS? helps. It's some kind of something that you put next. It's like brain waves or something that kind of trigger the ones that are making you feel that way. Hmm. It's TMS. I've, I'm almost positive he said TMS, yeah. And Neil's one of 10. He's the baby of 10. Oh, that's right. You guys have that in common. And he's from Philadelphia, but the suburbs, they had money. Uh, Because I think his father was a lawyer. Wow. Um, So they had real money. And they got to go to big schools. And I was playing with typewriters at times. (laughs) But no, it's fine. I mean, it's just funny. Like, because again, that depression, it doesn't work in these, when you have all these siblings. And, uh, you, uh, you know, they don't it, let you feel. You don't have time. Even if you grow up in a big right. house, you still... But when it's just you, like you yeah, said, yeah. by yourself... Isolation. There was a neighbor. She lived right across the street because we grew up in a row home. So the streets are real small and the houses are all connected. And right across the street, there was a girl named Jackie. And she was an only child. And she had a playroom. <laughs> she let me go in. And I was like, oh my God. She's the richest person in the world. Like, I thought I went to the queen's house. Like, yeah. I was in a mansion, beyond mansions. And one day, I was just... My my mother's house on Saturdays was so chaotic because it was cleaning day and laundry day because that was her day off. Saturday oh, and Sunday. God, and Sundays woman. was reserved for church, so Saturday was the day. And so, um, Saturday, we had to do everything, and there was all this chaos going on behind me. And I always wanted to start my one-woman show because I can remember it so clearly. And I just look out the window into Jackie's house like, <laughs> I wonder what she's doing What's that there? bitch doing all by herself? I remember one day being deep uh, in thought like, wow, she's probably got all her dolls on the floor. <laughs> you know, like when you're a kid and you get into that rhythm of, I mean, I still do it, but, you know, you get in, oh, she's probably got this out. She probably took that blue doll down. Oh, and as yeah. I'm thinking of her, what I saw in her house, I get hit in the back of the head with a shoe. <laughs> and my brother Billy goes, take the effing laundry down. And I'm like, <laughs> my life. <laughs> It's so and interesting. You'd say, I'm going to run away. And my mom would say, don't let the door hit you in the ass. <laughs> right. So on one hand, I mean. But she was sarcastic. <clears throat> right. Which is not. And I mean, also watched me and my brother Billy run away, which was but, funny. Who wouldn't, but, but right. So there is something to be said for kind of the old school tough love. There is something yeah, good and bad. Yeah, there has to be a, a pullback or something. Yeah. Like, well, because like, when I get in funks. Uh, I find that just disrupting the mantra, whatever horseshit that I am obsessing on, you know, when you get on a depressed day and it's everything sucks, everything bubba, oh, this yeah. fucking sucks. Nobody Every- likes me. Nobody likes me. I'm a loser. I'm a failure. I'm a book. Whatever it is that you're spiraling on, 
I find sometimes the only way to disrupt it is to disrupt it. Is exactly. To go, That's what this. I say about my mom. Like, Fuck she this. was like, I got to get up. Yeah. I, I don't want to go, but I got to do it. I don't want to, but I got to wake up and get the baby every yeah. morning. I got to fucking go uh, do the spot that I've signed up to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you I'm an idiot the for calling in. <laughs> right, you right, right, and then you not you kick yourself in the ass for even. But, uh, but these things do keep you rolling, and it's not, it's not great. But sometimes having things to do and exactly. making plans is the only way out. Kind of keeping yourself busy, yeah, occupies your brain. Even though so, some people have it severely, and like, yes, will have things to do and just won't show up, and that's yeah. scary. Like I'll show up. I, yeah. I've showed up at the store many a nights, like Jimmy Schubert says, with a callus on the roof of my mouth from chewing on a revolver all day. Uh, <laughs> but hilarious. I, I love when he does that. Hilarious. Too. He goes, "You see that? Uh, that's fucking that's a callus. amazing." <laughs> but he's right. Like that, you show up. I remember just two nights ago, I was at the store and I was in a deep funk. And you know, I'm always nice to everybody at the store because that's my home, and that's you know, when I was a waitress there, I took care of everything. And and now as a comic, like it's just it's a different way to go in because you can go in and go out. Yeah, you can just do your fifteen and get and out. Leave. Yeah. yeah, and um, that's all I wanted to do the other night. I thought I don't have to do any side work. I don't have to see if Mitzi's <laughs> all right. Yeah, I don't have to tuck her in. I don't have to you know all these things go through your head. And I'm like I'm not talking to anybody. Yeah. And as soon as I got out of the car, there was thirty people in the parking lot, uh, and I was like, what happened to the rule of no? people in the parking lot like and then they're hey eleanor oh hey how are you so you gotta put your phony yep. face on yeah but by the time i left i felt better of course because i forced myself of course and that's always the thing is that when you for- the beginning I think it was feels that day bad. i said i'm texting you from bed it was one of those <laughs> days yeah so i was like right. this is bullshit i gotta get up but there are yeah and then the first like you said there's a there's a shift right mm-hmm. there you go from your sad low frequency fucking horrible brain to go i'm faking it i'm now in the motions of being a yeah. human being i can i don't even know who this comic <sighs> is i'm talking yeah. to you just gave me a kiss <laughs> on the lips Am I dating this asshole? <laughs> right. I I but then eventually you do click with somebody or you have the, the right conversation. You're like, oh, yeah, this is why I like being or you hear, <laughs> Or you hear somebody had the same kind of day. Yeah. Or is going through the same kind of nonsense, whatever yeah. it may be that bugged you that morning or afternoon, yeah. whatever. So it was like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. So they're not happy either. Yeah. And then you're great. I'm going to get happy. But I think too, and from people listening who don't have a comedy store to go to at night. And you have a job. You have and a, you have a... A job or, or... But sometimes people hate their fucking jobs. But I think true. it's also on you to find your tribe, to find your community, to yep. find the thing... You know, sign up for a fucking art class at the community center and maybe meet That's other true. people. Sign up, go do, go meditate with other people. There's, there's cheap meditation classes in LA. Uh, that's what I do when I need to get the fuck out of the house. I go and I just meditate with a bunch of other lunatics and maybe after. Diaz talked about um, med- meditating. He I does that? Say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you stuttered. He, you know what's so funny? Because he was saying. I meditate, dog. I'm a meditator. I can't keep, <laughs> I can't keep quiet for five seconds. Inside or outside, I'm a mess. 
So, uh, but no, meditating, uh, he, he was talking about it last night, and he was trying to sell it to me and uh, Dice, which is funny because we were doing his podcast, and I've tried to get Dice to do yoga to relax. Oh, boy. Because he needs, if anybody needs to meditate, he needs to meditate. And uh, he, he looked at Joey like he had three heads. Right. Like, what, you do that? What's wrong with you? <laughs> but do you know what it does? But Andrew's of that generation. Dice is of that generation. Well, that's, yeah, he's of a different lane, exactly. of a different everything. But what it does, for those of you, I, I think meditation is great for disrupting the yeah. flow of bullshit, of the, the dog shit thoughts that keep you. That's right. And it, it's just a disruption. It's another tool to disrupt the mantra, the negative stuff that's going on in your head. Anything you you can find, a walk in nature, a swim. Water is wonderfully therapeutic. Oh, yeah. I love. I was a fish for years. Me too. That's a, one of the things uh, that I did when I was pregnant that brought, got me out of those days of funkiness. Uh, the ocean's great if you live near the ocean. I'm afraid of that, but I, I'll, I'll sit <laughs> by it, but I won't go in it. No, no, you have to go in. In L.A., yeah. too, it's very cold. Um, anything to disrupt the pattern uh, that yeah. you're going. Call somebody. Go over to someone's house. Sit on a couch anything. with yeah. someone and watch TV together. Even just being in someone else's presence is the is, is helpful. No, it's absolutely true. And if you can't talk to somebody, it's just... It's just not good. So if you, yeah. well, whomever you can find, even if it's unfortunately the mailman, like some people, <laughs> some people don't have, like they can't, they don't yeah. have the skills to go out and talk. I've met plenty of people that are like, you're the only person who'll listen to me. Everybody thinks I'm crazy. So, I'm telling you, I have so many friends like that. And I'm like, you're crazy. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> you know, but I don't uh, have the look like they have or whatever it is right. that they think I look like that they don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, 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 we're all going through the same shit. Yeah. Life is hard. Nothing's easy. Yeah. If it, you know, it, it's, they say it's a gift because we do, it is a gift. We get it. And but you have to, to like really live it yeah. and really get in it and really, you know, and I try to, and sometimes I'm like, I don't want the gift. I want to give it back. <laughs> Take it. Take but, it back. <laughs> please. Uh, but you just, it is, and it's great that we're here and we're part of something. You know what I mean? So it's like kind of take it in and know that there's bigger things yeah. than a lot bigger. We're nothing on we're not, scale. But, but also, too, when you think about what's upsetting you today, look, look back at a year ago, what upset you a year ago. Probably not the same thing. Meaning it's always a constant stream of stuff mm-hmm. in your brain that's bothering you, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and there always will be a constant stream. There's always just chatter in your brain of crap that's upsetting you. And yeah. know that it's temporary, this discomfort that you're in, this funk that you're in. It's temporary, and it goes away, and, and tomorrow's a new day, and you might feel better. You might not. Yeah, you might feel you're right. Okay. But every day. That's why they say one day at a time. Yeah. I mean, that's not just for addicts. That's for real life. That's Shoot, I don't even do one day at a time. I do one minute at a time yeah. because it's my. I go back and forth. I'm batty. I probably should be on meds. <laughs> Maybe, I mean. But I can't do it because I'm, I'm an addict. I, I'm terrified to try. I've never smoked pot. Oh. Because I'm terrified to try yeah, it. Yeah, but boo boo, they dose you. You get the right dose. You know, it's not like they just give you here's ten Xanax or Zoloft. No, I you take hear one. what you're saying. You take it, and then yeah. it, it, all of a sudden, and this happens with most prescription. Any friend I have that's on prescription, after a while, it doesn't work anymore. Oh. So now you up your dosage. So now you're uh, like, oh, I'll just saying. up it myself. I'm not going to call the doctor. Uh, I see what you're saying. So now I'm, you know, I have a friend. 
cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs because she keeps upping her own doses. Oh, boy. And I'm like, if she, and she thinks if she don't take a pill that day, it's okay for her to drink. No. And no, I'm no. like, hey, Nam Nuts. And then she shows up to a party and ruins everybody's time. Yeah. So no, you're you like, can't. I get it. You're going through stuff. And she did go through a lot, but it's like nothing more than anybody else, you know? No. And I think that's the, the importance of doing podcasts, and especially for comics and for normal people, normal people, people who are on comedians. To, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> civvies, non, I don't mean that. out there. Yeah, I mean like <laughs> non-comedians who, who have these podcasts out in the world, I'm saying, like, who talk about real shit. Uh, it's, it's so, cause I remember growing up and being really depressed when I was 13, 14, 15 and I was suicidal. Oh, yeah. I fucking oh, me hated too. everything. But to, I remember like, what did we have? Like go ask Alice. Like there's a book written in the sixties. The Brady I, Bunch. The Brady right? hey, That raised me dude. Right. That was my shit right there. Right. But it was so un, it was so unrelatable. And had I had a show I could listen to. I mean, it was unrelatable. <laughs> <laughs> that a host was like, Hey, I've gone through this. Or you're totally normal. This is what being a fucking human is like. And not every minute that you're not dancing out of joy. Like, I think, too, popular culture, the belief is, and if you look at Instagram and Facebook, that life is amazing all the time. Look how much fun I'm having. Aren't I a winner? And I'm I was just a taco for Instagram or whatever (laughs) it's called. No, what's it called? Snapchat. We're having fun. Look how many friends I have. Look at all the emojis. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Liars. Liars. Yeah. And I think that that's the, the goal is to be perfect and happy all the time. And it's just not. No way. Normal life doesn't roll it's that impossible. way. Yeah. yeah. I, but I did watch the Brady Bunch like, wow. Oh, fuck real? that show. Yeah. But, and then when you, like, as I got older, I was like, oh shit, they were widowers. I didn't even remember. Right. But didn't the dad die of AIDS? Oh, in real life. That's what I'm saying. Well, I don't live in real life. So he was, but the, I was the reality, busy. the reality is that, you know, Mr. Brady had AIDS. And Mrs. Brady was <laughs> sleeping with Greg. So kudos <laughs> to you, big girl. Which is ironic. Uh, that show was a mess in yes. the real life. Unbelievable. Yeah. Amazing, bizarre uh, backstory. But when I watch it, I'd be like, like that was like utopia. Is yeah, a place of course. Of course. That could, that could house. I mean, like Judy Gold. I don't know. That, that, my, that's one of my heroes, Judy Gold. Do you know who she is? She's my, a comedian, yeah. One of my favorite comics in the world. And she used to be like, you're a fucking architect and you put two rooms <laughs> for six kids. Right. You're an oh, idiot. Oh, right. You know? That's true. I used to die laughing because I was like, I didn't even think of that. That's true. Mr. I thought, Brady. look at all the space they had in that one right. room. They right. got their own beds and they weren't stacked on top. Right. We had a triple bunk, a double bunk, and my brother Tommy had a single bed. And the double bunk didn't come for a long time and that had drawers. That was amazing. We thought like we made it. But the triple bunk, we used to share the beds in the triple oh, bunk. God. I was on the mattress because I was a chick. So I was on the mattress that pulled out underneath the uh, triple bunk bed. Oh, my God. Like, who, uh, who lives like that? You should write your own sitcom. Just the, I ten, did. just the ten of us. They passed. <laughs> <laughs> just the ten of us. I used to watch that show, too. Was that a show? Unrelatable was... show. Yeah, it's all dog he shit. He was a coach. Everybody loved him at school. Oh, boy. Where's, where's the normal Sam? Well, anyway, that's that's our. I gotta go. My nanny's gonna leave here. And, you know but thank I'm you so much, with the Eleanor. Oh my I'm gosh! Excited. 
for um, coming. I really appreciate it. You, you're so um, funny and interesting. Thank and you for having me. I think you should start your own podcast because you have so many stories. You you're really right. need to and put And I out. did have a podcast called The First Five, which mm-hmm. I was trying to get you on, but my friend got a job in production. Oh. <laughs> so we stopped doing it, but now I should just start my own up. You're right. Yeah, man. Man up, El. Man Do up. it. Pull your penis out. Pull your dick out. We're you both. Know um, you have one. You and I are. We both identify as a male, <laughs> right? Are we gender dysmorphic? I do. And Caitlyn Jenner is stealing my look, so <laughs> I got to get my cock out quick. Oh <laughs> uh, well, dude. Um, it's been very deep, bro, and I appreciate you coming. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right, guys. All right, stay deep, bros. Until next week. I love you, meow. Philosophize with philosophize with Christina P, a.k.a. Miss Jeans. This ain't your mom's house. It's a different theme. Gotta be critically thinking. Like you caught up at a cocktail party. Our thoughts start to sink in. John Locke, or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates. Got us talking all properly, topically. Just a comedian discussing these philosophies. Serious questions, silly people. What's that? That's tea, bro. It is the ultimate metaphor for life, and you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro.